Welcome to the Debt Free Journey podcast and I'm Sophia Cargis from Drowning in Debt. I'm excited to be able to share our podcast with you and hope you find the information helpful on your journey to a debt-free life. I'm Dimitri Cargis and welcome to episode three of the Drowning in Debt podcast. In this episode, I'll be speaking about financial hardship, how people get into financial hardship, what it means and how to work your way through financial hardship. It's quite topical at the moment with the COVID-19 virus and a number of people either finding themselves out of a job or in arrears on their mortgage repayments or credit card repayments or other financial commitments. Being in financial difficulty is not something to be ashamed about. It's something that can happen uh, and there are certainly extenuating circumstances as we can see at the moment which causes someone to find themselves in this situation. I recall a number of years ago when I found myself with $160,000 worth of credit card debt and having just lost the family home. I I sat there, I was distressed, I was distraught, and I really didn't know which way to go to work my way through it. What I soon came to realise is that each of the banks and people that I owed money to were very open to a discussion around how to best work through that. That in some instances meant putting the credit card repayments on hold for a period of time. Uh, It also meant uh, in terms of the mortgage, freezing the mortgage repayments for a period of time. And in certain situations, also negotiating a settlement on the credit card for less than was outstanding. I recall a situation where I had a $10,000 credit card balance owing, and I was able to settle that card for $3,000. So a significant reduction on the balance owed. It worked out well for me, because it allowed me to settle the card for less than I was able to. And I guess the bank took a bit of a haircut on that, but they were able to get something... Uh, for what was uh, an ageing debt and something where, in you know, in all likelihood, uh, they may not have been able to recover what was 30% uh, in the end. So the, the, the financial hardship process is a tricky one because it's really an emotional battle that comes from within around, okay, so I find myself in this situation, I'm in arrears on my cards, I'm in arrears on my mortgage, what does that mean? You know, how do I face into it? I'm embarrassed, I'm humiliated. And we've seen a lot of people reach out in the last few weeks finding themselves in this situation, predominantly off the back of the COVID-19 virus. But in many instances, the virus, I guess, provides them an opportunity to come forward and seek some support and seek some help during these difficult times. So the financial hardship process is really a fairly straightforward one. The first step is to, I guess, conduct an analysis of your income and expenses the, the banks call it a statement of financial position or a personal financial summary. So each of the banks vary in some respect on what information they require or the format they require it in. But the document sits under the financial hardship section of each of their websites. It's not too hard to find. And in many cases, it's fairly user-friendly and can be done online. So the first step I had to take was to sit down, took about half an hour and completed the financial summary. And I was able to use the one summary across each of the banks when I was applying for hardship. So I guess you're looking at your income as the first instance and where you're not working or there's been a significant change, you mark that up. And then I guess there has to be full transparency around your expenses. So that's from your mortgage, your rent, your groceries, the school fees. Uh, I won't go through each one of them in a lot of detail, but the, the process requires full transparency, honesty, and decency in the discussions with the bank. If, if you are withholding information, it will come out because in, in many cases, they do ask to see three months worth of your bank statements to verify that you are in fact in hardship. So our view is that there needs to be full transparency in the discussions with your banks or your creditors. 
and that allows, I guess, for a fairly good outcome and a fairly well-intended conversation. From, from that point, we submit the hardship application and there's, a, I guess, a few options that can take place here. The bank will either decline the hardship option. Now, they're required by law to respond to you in writing within 21 days. So they're going to decline your hardship option. They can come back and request further information as part of their assessment or they can accept your hardship application and that can take a variety of different forms. Again, it will either mean putting part of your debt on hold for a period of time, either through interest and principal repayments. If you've got a credit card, they might put your interest on hold for a period of time or they might, I've seen situations where they reduce the interest rate from 20%, say, down to 10%. So they halve your interest rate and they put your repayments on hold for a period of time to give you time to catch up on your arrears. Uh, that will involve, in many respects, the card being placed on hold, so you'll be unable to use that credit card if you take that, that approach. Um, but again, alternatively, you know, we, we do still believe that is a good outcome to the extent that you're, you're so indebted and the 20% interest rate is certainly causing you to fall further and further into arrears. The other outcome there is, I guess, also the, the home loan. The home loan, they can either... either um, I guess, put your payments on hold for a period of time, and that will be added onto the loan. As we're seeing at the moment with the COVID-19 response, the banks are giving customers that have lost their job the opportunity to stop making repayments for a period of time. Now, that doesn't mean that you, the bank's waiving those repayments or that interest. All it means is that it's being added onto the loan. So by way of example, if you've got a $500,000 mortgage and you're paying $1,500 a month in interest, and you don't pay for three months, that's $4,500 of interest that will be added to, the, to your loan balance. So if, you, if you're owing five hundred, dollars after three months, your balance will be $504,500, being the initial $500,000 you started with, plus the three months worth of interest expense at $1,500 a month. So it doesn't, it's giving you a bit of a break. It's not saying you don't have to pay the money back to, to the bank. Where We've had some inquiries on that basis. You know, the bank's waiving interest for the next three to six months, and the answer is no. All they're doing is deferring it and adding it to your loan balance. So if you are able to meet your repayments and you've got a surplus, even though you're not working, we would encourage you to try and meet those repayments to the extent that you're able to, but not to the extent that it's taking money away from your ability to live um, you know, and run your, your, your weekly and monthly lifestyle expenses, your, your groceries and things like that. So it, it's a fine balancing act. But the hardship process, effectively we're putting your repayments on hold and giving you time to either catch up in terms of your repayments or you, know, you might seek and obtain a new, a new job somewhere. Or, but it's also a critical time to review your expenses whilst you're going through this hardship process. I've seen situations with clients where they're in hardship but they're carrying $2,500 in car leases. Now the banks are very reluctant to, to speak to us and be accommodating in situations like that where the client is carrying large um, discretionary expenses if you like, you know, holidays, car leases, things that you know, are not mandatory in a day-to-day -day sense. So it's a critical time to review your expenses. I, I recall when I went through this, I sort of you know, started from scratch and I cut a lot of stuff out, whether it's your Foxtel or your Netflix. Nothing should be sacred during this hardship process and it certainly gives you an opportunity to reset, review your expenses, uh, and it really is a family discussion if you're part of a family and you've got a, a broader commitment. So, you know, it's the, whether it's the school fees, I've had situations where clients have downsized the size of the mortgage or the size of the rental. Instead of paying 4000 a month, 
down to $1,800 a month. So it's actually having the humility to take a backward step in the short term and live the lifestyle you can afford rather than the one you'd really like to be living. And you're really living it at the expense of being able to sustain a harmonious environment at home. I mean, financial pressure causes all sorts of things throughout your life, whether it's personal, uh, whether it's professional, whether it's relationship-wise. The impacts are, are certainly varying and long-lasting in many respects. And I certainly lived through through that, you know, marriage breakup, um, becoming distant from family and friends. So I'd really encourage you if you if you're really struggling, the hardship process is something that you should consider. Now, there are some implications and consequences in going through hardship. It means in many cases that your credit card will be put on hold and ultimately closed and you will not no longer be able to use it. Now, I didn't so much mind that when I was going through it because it allowed me to move to a cash basis, which was very important for me in moving through my, my indebtedness and trying to start fresh and forming some new habits. So the credit card will, will go on hold. Uh, if you're able to refinance the credit card onto your home loan, that might be an option. If you're able to move it onto a balance transfer for a lower a lower amount, that's also an option. But again, these should all be considered as part of a broader strategy. Now, so the card is likely to be closed. Your mortgage, uh, if you put that on hold, again, there, there's implications. You won't be able to refinance for potentially three to six months because anytime you do go for a refinance or a loan application, they're going to want to see your last three to six months worth of statements. So if you're missing some repayments, it will show up and the banks as part of their comprehensive credit reporting obligations will also report any payment delays or payment arrears or missed payments uh, into the credit reporting bureaus. So it's something to be aware of. It's not something that should really deter you from going through a hardship application process because it's designed to give you some space. We've seen a number of situations with people that we support where the banks put the repayments on hold for, for three to six months um, you know, wind back the credit card interest rate back to zero for a period of time to give the client an opportunity to catch up. In many cases, the circumstance that's brought the client into hardship is a temporary one. And again, it could be, you know, like we've said before, uh, marital breakdown, the failure of a business, loss of employment, which we're seeing a lot at the moment. Uh, it could be a medical condition that's required time off work to, to, to treat the issue and expenses towards your medical rehabilitation. So it could be a variety of different things that causes someone to consider and contemplate financial hardship. And I guess I just wanted to impress on everyone, it's not something you should naturally shy away from if it'll give you the time and the space to put some distance between you and your creditors and you know those calls that keep coming in all the time. They, they can be quite stressful is what I experienced in my, in my situation. And we certainly find that for people that we help, where we intervene, we're able to put some distance between them and the creditors, which allows them to focus on getting back on their feet. But again, it does it does mean that you need to really critically assess all of your expenses. You know, the car leases are one that always jump out. You know, the, the couples we see are on the borderline with their expenses, barely breaking even from a cash flow perspective, but carrying $3,000 in car leases each month. So you know, how serious you are about your finances really will determine your success with this sort of stuff. But the, again, if you go to each of the bank's websites, you'll find it's quite easy to navigate through to the hardship section. And most of the applications can be done online. Some of them, unfortunately, uh, require to be printed and emailed through. And I know one in particular, you have to actually call the company to start the process. So they're all a little bit different. Whether you're contemplating submitting a hardship application or you're not sure of the process or not sure whether it's right for you, 
We'd be delighted to have a chat to you and talk you through it. You can reach me on Dimitri at drowninginddebt.com.au. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We've been overwhelmed by the support and feedback we've received over the past few weeks on the back of the podcast launch and the uh, first few episodes. And we look forward to continuing to bring you uh, value each week. Now, if there's something particular that you'd like to hear about or you'd like us to discuss, uh, please reach out again uh, on Dimitri at drowninginddebt.com.au and we'll, uh, we'll ensure to pick that up in coming episodes. Thank you for listening to our Debt-Free Journey podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to share it with family, friends or anyone who's experiencing financial hardship. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. <laughs>